Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, my self-lovers. Before we dive into today's podcast episode, I want to make sure that you're giving yourself the gift of self-love. Now, if you don't know what the gift of self-love is, it's a workbook that will help you build confidence, recognize your worth, and learn to finally love yourself. And it's now available in stores and online worldwide. Oh my goodness, I've been waiting to say that because I've been working on this book for years. I poured my heart and soul into it, compiling everything that I teach at my retreats and putting it into this heartfelt, relatable, and actionable workbook for you. The cool thing is this book is a combination of me sharing my life story and everything that's helped me on this self-love journey, including body acceptance, and it's a workbook that you can actually write in. So every single thing that I share, you can put into practice right away. There are quizzes, journal prompts, self-reflection exercises, self-love challenges, all of which will help you with body image, confidence, self-worth, and self-love. I'm holding it right here. It's right in front of me and it's absolutely gorgeous. Not to toot my own horn or anything, but we've nailed the design on this one. It makes such a wonderful gift both for yourself and for your loved ones. Perhaps you have a friend that could really use this message and that, you know, needs a little push, loving push in the right direction. And I think that this book is just a great gift. Hence, the gift of self-love. So if you haven't gotten it yet, you can get it today by going to maryscupoftea.com slash book. I'm certain that the tools I share in this book will change your life as much as they've changed mine. So again, that's maryscupoftea.com slash book and give yourself the gift of self-love. Hello, my self-lovers. Welcome to another episode of the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I have had this lingering cold for about a week. So I'm a little bit congested. Excuse the nasally voice, although I sound a little bit like Fran Fine and who can be mad at that? (laughs) I literally grew up watching The Nanny. She basically raised me. If you don't know who The Nanny is, highly recommend watching an episode and letting yourself laugh. But anyways, today I wanted to do a non-exhaustive list of habits that have made me a better person. And by no means am I claiming that I'm Mother Teresa or that I'm the best person in the world for that matter. But keyword here is better. Habits that have made me a better person. So hopefully these are things that we don't think about too often because they're a little bit more specific than you would think. So let's dive in. The first habit that has dramatically improved my life, and I've been doing this since I could read, and that is reading. And I think that as kids, a lot of us grew up reading. Maybe your parents read to you, or it was just the only thing to do before we had cell phones, or you were required to read at school. But as adults, it's kind of hard to force yourself to read. For me personally, I was one of those kids that never came anywhere without a book. I would put my book behind my textbook in class so that I could read without 
the teacher noticing that I'm not actually reading the textbook, but reading my own book. And I was like in the millionaire book club, which means you read like a million words. I was the only one in that club. So I don't know if it's a club or more of an award, but I was just always a big, big reader until I got my cell phone and then it ruined everything. No, not everything. I still read a lot, but I think it's just a lot harder to disconnect and sit down and read for an extended period of time like we used to. Even in like movies that I watch from back in the day, like people read the newspaper. They didn't just get their news from Instagram. They actually did a lot of reading or even if it was magazines or books or journals, like, you know, that was such a big part of the culture because it was the way we got information. And now information is thrown at us. So we seem to have ditched reading as a society. And of course, The only reading that we do do that is encouraged, and I'm not discouraging from this, but audiobooks have clearly become more and more popular. And I'm really glad they have because obviously they've made reading more accessible and you can listen to stuff on the go. And I love audiobooks and I probably read a couple of those per month as well. But I still think there is value in sitting down to read a book. Of course, there's an accessibility factor to this. For example, if somebody has a learning disability like dyslexia, that might be a little harder. Very sympathetic to that. But even if you're listening to an audiobook, usually we kind of half-ass listen. We don't actually sit down and listen because we're just always on the go. And for me, I have this quota that I want to read at least two books per month. And I actually like to have a real physical book. Sometimes I'll get a Kindle if I need the book right now. I'm impatient. But usually I like to order a actual copy of the book so that I can underline and write in it and then later gift it. And the books that I order generally are secondhand. Even on Amazon, there's an option to buy secondhand, but I also find books at Goodwill or you can go to your local library. Obviously, don't don't write in it if you get a book at your library. But everything from fiction to nonfiction, autobiographies, eroticas, like it doesn't matter what genre you're reading. It more so matters that you're just sitting down slowing down and letting yourself absorb information in a linear fashion. I want to say that again, slowing down and allowing yourself to absorb information in a linear fashion. If you think about it, all the information that we consume on social media, obviously, is always being thrown at us from so many different directions And our attention is spread so thin. That's why they call it the attention economy because everybody is fighting for our attention. And I used to be pretty big in the marketing world. Like I would think about how to market myself and my retreats and build a brand on social media and all that stuff. And I just do a big eye roll now because I've ditched that because a lot of stuff I just found very sleazy. And one of the things I didn't like is that you're constantly fighting for people's attention. And they would teach us the seven second rule. You know, you have to grab their attention in the first three seconds of the video. And if it's not there in the first seven seconds, then nobody is going to 
listen to you or watch your video. And yes, I'm sure that is true. I'm sure that so many people do not turn the sound on for my videos and don't watch all the way through and don't listen to what I'm saying. Or maybe they exit out of my podcast and that's totally fine. But the people who want to be here are here. And those are the people I want to talk to. What I do sometimes is on my Instagram stories, for example, is I'll put more personal things towards the end of my Instagram stories because I know that people that stay till the end are the ones who actually care. Whereas people who just kind of like are clicking through people's stories, seeing the first slide of every single one, they're just kind of there consuming Instagram, not necessarily here for me. And that is totally fine to each their own. Went off on a little tangent there, but my point is that absorbing information in a linear fashion is something we don't do anymore. And reading is one of those easy ways that you can force yourself to do it. Linear thinking, or not even linear thinking, but just clear thinking and that ability to slow down and to process what you're consuming and not be looking for the next best thing or the next glamorous picture on social media. So anyways, you know what I mean. Reading just makes you empathetic and thoughtful and conscientious and it broadens your vocabulary. Like people are like, why don't you have an accent? And I'm like, because I read a lot. I mean, I learned English when I was young. So there was that, but I was five and I just, I read so much. I read so many books and I think part of me was trying to like overcompensate because I always felt like my vocabulary was lagging behind my peers because my family does not speak English at home. So I made up for that by reading and that's what broadened my vocabulary. And here's the cool thing. When you have broader vocabulary, this is not about being smart. This is more about having more words to express yourself with to feel more deeply, to understand and be understood, and to experience more of life. When you have more words to describe something, you just feel more things and you feel very specific things. Yesterday, I was catching up with an old friend of mine from Calgary. She was actually my best friend in Calgary got me through my breakup. I slept on her couch. We met because she was my lab partner in college and we were really, really close the whole time I lived in Calgary. So we were on the phone for like two hours yesterday and she's really big on languages and learning different languages. And she speaks a few and I speak English and Russian and I'm trying to learn Spanish. So she asked me, she's like, what's a word in Russian that you can't translate to English or like you can, but it's just not the same. And one of the words that came to mind is a Russian word. It sounds like taska. And taska is kind of like a feeling of longing and boredom and nostalgia and just a whole mesh pesh. Mesh pesh. Is that a word? <laughs> whole mesh of these different emotions, it's not necessarily negative, but it's more like you remembered an old memory and you're longing for it, 
but not because you're sad, but more so because you're happy that it happened. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's really, really difficult to translate. See, like I'm trying to like pick these words in English just to paint a picture of this concept that we have one Russian word for. And there's stuff like that in every single language. And there's probably also a lot, or for sure, there are a lot of English words and phrases that can create, again, more feelings, more experiences, more things that you can describe for yourself and for others. And it just makes you understand things deeper, I guess. So that's part of the reason why I love reading. When I see a phrase that I like or a sentence, I will underline it. I'll put it in the notepad on my phone. I have a running list of little words and phrases that I like. Like one thing on that list, one of my friends, Zoe, described my little sister as effervescent, which is like glowing. (laughs) And yeah, I have a lot of like things on that list. And it's like, effervescent is not the same as glowing. It is different. It just feels like more, mm, it's more descriptive of my little sister. It's more unique. It's specific. And I just indulge in that. Maybe I'm geeky and weird, but I think this is why reading like actual books, even if they're audiobooks, I think it's still just, just makes you a little bit of a better human. And on that note, and speaking of slowing down and slowing down your brain and processing feelings and emotions, the number two habit that I wrote down is journaling. I know you probably just rolled your eyes slightly because you're sick of hearing about journaling because it's something you know you should do, but you can't bring yourself to do. And everybody talks about how great it is, but you just don't know where to start. At least that's how I feel a lot of the times when I think about journaling. And I wrote down journaling every morning. And let's be honest, I do not journal every morning as much as I try to. But I do try to journal at least three to four times a week. And my format is very free-spirited. Like I don't work from prompts or anything like that. I just write two shitty pages per day. And the shitty part is very important because you cannot get hung up on how good the words are or how coherent your thoughts and sentences are. You just have to write stream of consciousness style. And that's what I try to do every morning. And the reason why this habit is just so important to employ is because, again, it's an opportunity to slow down your thinking and to be self-reflective and most importantly, self-aware. Once you can slow down your brain and actually put these thoughts into sentences that you can actually look at from an objective third-person point of view, then what you'll find, and this is what I love so much about journaling, what gives me so much pleasure and satisfaction, is a lot of the things that I write down that I see as problems or things to fix or things to do or all the things in my mind where it's kind of like not enough, like I have to do this and I have to do that and I have a problem with boyfriend saying this and my best friend that. And it's just like all these like thoughts that are (laughs) kind of problem focused. Once you write them all out and look at them, you kind of realize that half the things, at least half the things you thought were problems are actually not, or at least 
not as severe as you make them out in your head. And that's kind of the power of slowing down your thinking and writing down everything that comes to mind because you don't hold back with what you write down, but then you look back on it and you're like, oh shit, (laughs) this is actually not as big of a deal as I thought. Or, oh, there's actually a very clear solution to this because I had an opportunity to slow down and write about it. So I guess the big theme is just slowing down your mind. And that's obviously extra hard to do in the attention economy and with us constantly multitasking and juggling so many things. And I know I've said this before, but with the rise of feminism, I feel like, and by the rise of feminism, I mean like this third wave feminism that we're in right now. It's like women have so many pressures and expectations. And then we also, like we still have to submit to old gender roles, but we also have to have a career and be successful and be smart and look good and just do all of these things. And we still have the original gender things of like, look a certain way, raising kids, keep up the house, act like a lady, like all of those pressures. And now on top of it, we're also juggling feminism, like feminist expectations of like, get an education and a great job and forward your career and build a business and have rental properties and make more money and don't rely on a man and just all these messages that are seemingly good, but it's just a lot. It's just a lot for us to handle. So my point is, no matter who you are, we can't argue that we are just dealing with more these days. Not that I was alive in the last century that I got to experience it, but I feel like it's safe to say that with the rise of technology, it's made our lives easier physically, but more emotionally and mentally taxing because it's just a lot. It's like that Bo Burnham song. I don't know if you watched his Netflix comedy special, but it's a beautiful piece of satire that he wrote during the pandemic describing his experience. And a lot of the songs just apply outside of the pandemic too. And one of the songs he wrote about social media goes, can I interest you? Wait, sorry, I have no tune. Um, It's like, he was singing about social media and he's like, a little bit of everything all of the time, a little bit of everything all of the time. And he's just singing about social media and how you're just bombarded all the time. And outside of social media, we are bombarded all the time. So anyways, reading and journaling, two ways that you can slow your brain and become a little bit more at peace with who you are and where you are and how you are. I did not expect myself to go on these tangents in the first two bullet points because all I wrote down was reading and journaling. And then once I started talking, everything just came out. So I'm going to zip through the next few points because I want to make sure that we get through these six habits. So number three I wrote is traveling. I know that's a little bit harder to do these days, but if you have the opportunity to travel, jump on it, especially to countries with a different culture than your own. I love traveling around the States. National parks are beautiful. 
traveling and you're like being a tourist in your own city and exploring nature in your own place is wonderful too. But there's something just so enriching about traveling to a place where you get a little bit of a culture shock and you just get to understand how other people live. And it's it's humbling to say the least. And it's interesting and enriching, I think is the best word to describe that experience. One of my biggest regrets and well, I can't say that I deeply, deeply regret it because I made up for it in other ways. But one thing that I wish I did was study abroad in college. One of my friends studied abroad and she ended up extending her study abroad. And now she's been living in Guatemala on and off for four years. And it all started with studying abroad because you're just really, really immersed in the culture because you're going to school and you're actually living there. So if you have an opportunity to study abroad or volunteer on a farm or teach English, like there are so many opportunities to travel in a very cost-friendly way and actually get paid to do so by doing things like teaching English or working on a farm or maybe being a live-in nanny for someone. I've just read a lot about young people doing that. And I think it is something to explore if you have the capacity and the will. Number four, this is a fun one, but (laughs) one thing that I've realized just made me maybe not a better person, but a happier person is singing and dancing any chance I get. Like the amount of times that I just randomly break out in a song or dance in front of boyfriend at the house or just randomly when I'm talking to friends, like certain things I just want to sing to you. Like it's so fun. And one of my friends told me this quote and it said, happy people hum. And that really landed with me because I'm not a hummer. I'm more of like a sing words kind of thing. But I have noticed that a lot of people that I see as being a little bit more with a pep in their step, I guess they hum just like a random tune and it's sweet. And self-expression is just the purest form of creativity. And it's so liberating and freeing and fun. (laughs) That should be enough just because it's fun. So this is your sign to sing and dance any chance you get, whether you're getting dressed or undressing and you're dancing naked in your bathroom, or you just break out in a song while you're talking to someone or just anything fun and silly and goofy, like let yourself be that. Not everything has to be so serious. And I'm actually practicing taking myself less seriously. That's one of my big intentions for the month. Number five, spending sober and cell-free time with those I love the most. Sober and cell-free time. I think a lot of us, we rely on our cell phones and a drink or a smoke if you entertain that. But I think there's something special about being fully, fully present, mind, body, and spirit with the people you love. Like, I love swimming with my sister. Swimming is fun because you can't bring your cell phone into the pool. Playing Scrabble. We play competitive Scrabble in this house and it's so much fun because again, it's an opportunity for you to just slow down and use your brain. 
and be connected to the people that are close to you. Like it's so special. Boyfriend and I also play competitive badminton. (laughs) We literally set up a badminton court in our backyard. We got one of those portable badminton courts on Amazon. And it's nice because you could pop it up, bring it with you anywhere to the park or out on the street, and you can play competitive badminton. It is literally so fun. I can't even express to you. It was one of our big quarantine activities because we were sitting at home so much that I just needed something active to do. And I got this badminton set and it ended up being such a big hit. Like me and boyfriend, me and my sister, when our friends come over, they're obsessed with it. I've literally taken it on trips. Like we pop it up and we go at it. Long drives. Long drives are also an opportunity to put away your phone, turn off the music and just be present. Like just meditate, you know, or if you're with someone, just talk, have a conversation, like put your phone away, slow walks, coffee dates, things like that. Like life really is about those little moments of connection. And number six, the last habit that has made me a better person that I have for you today. Again, this is a non-exhaustive list. Obviously there is so much more, but the last thing I wrote down is shopping secondhand. I have gotten so into shopping secondhand over the past two years. Like, I truly do not remember when was the last time that I bought something new. I love going to consignment stores. When it comes to like thrifting and buying secondhand, you can go as thrifty, like Goodwill, or as high end, like a luxury consignment store, as you want. There's also so many things on sites like Poshmark and Depop and all over the internet, eBay even. And if you're looking for something particular, especially if it's a piece that you know you're going to really, really love, there is truly no point in buying things at the full price. And when I'm shopping secondhand, I try to look at quality, obviously, over anything and things that are going to last me a lifetime or maybe not a lifetime, but years. Like you know, the capsule wardrobe kind of idea. And that's just clothes. Also furniture, boyfriend and I are completely redoing our home and with full confidence, if you walk into our house, there is not a single thing in there that we bought new. Nope, I lied. We did buy one chair from Target. (laughs) Besides one chair from Target and maybe our curtains because we needed a certain length that was really long. Besides that chair and curtains, there's nothing that I bought brand new. Everything is secondhand. Everything has a story. It's just so fun searching for these special pieces. You get a deal. It's fully assembled. Everything is just cheaper and easier and more sustainable for the planet. The only downside is that if somebody asks you where you got something, it's kind of hard to explain to them because you're like, I thrifted it. I wish I could tell you where to find this, but you know, that's the beauty of being unique. Yeah, just shopping secondhand is so much fun. And oftentimes my sister and I will make a day out of it. Like we'll go to a couple Goodwills and see what we can find. There's also antique stores. There's Facebook Marketplace. I am addicted to Facebook Marketplace because they have so much cool stuff. Boyfriend says, one person's trash is another person's treasure. (laughs) And that is just so true. Like some people 
just want something that you would never think that they want. So sell it. Like, don't be afraid to sell your stuff. I post the littlest, randomest things on OfferUp and Facebook Marketplace. And I'm telling you that stuff sells like crazy. So it's nice because you make a little bit of cash and then you buy what you do want. Some of like the littlest things I sold is like candle holders. Like you'd think somebody could go to like Home Goods or Pier 1 Imports or Target and get their own candle holders. But no, people might be looking for a particular one or a particular style or they want a good deal. And like somebody is coming this afternoon to buy our candle holders. <laughs> and I'm just so excited about it because that money, it's 20 bucks. That 20 bucks, I'm going to buy something else for the house in the future. So I think it's just such a beautiful way to recycle. I think that fast fashion is just so overrated and having the latest, greatest, trendiest thing is a lot to keep up with. That sounds exhausting. And I think that thrifting and shopping secondhand just feels a lot more fun. And again, if that's not for you or if anything on this list is not for you and doesn't resonate, then ignore me. Just take what you need and leave out the rest. So that's all I have for you today. I love you so much. I hope you have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. One last thing before we farewell. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, we would greatly appreciate if you could leave a short review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps the show so, so much. I absolutely love hearing from you. And as somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, your words mean the world to me. Just go to the Apple Podcasts app and scroll all the way down until you see the review section. And from there, you can just tap the star thing and leave your own review. Thank you so much for supporting me and this greater message of self-love for all. Also, feel free to send this episode to a friend and spread the gift of self-love. And speaking of the gift of self-love, make sure you pick up my book, which is available in stores and online worldwide. Just head to maryscupoftea.com slash book, and you'll find all the links to give yourself the gift of self-love. I love you all so, so much, and I will talk to you next time. Mwah.